The reason that I call it a revenue tracker is that I think sometimes people are scarred by a profit and loss statement or your P&L or you use all these different acronyms in finance and people can just sort of put their walls up because we all have stories and narratives attached to money. We all do. doesn't matter where you come from. We all have stories attached to money. And a lot of, you know, working with clients on their money is, is partly working through their money mindset and working through, you know, what are the stories you're telling yourself? So when it comes to tracking your money, if you're not doing it already, I wanted to talk through today four reasons why you should, but also how to get started. Do you love your business? You should, right? Well, sometimes we just don't. It's my hope that this, the My Daily Business Coach podcast, helps you regain a little of that lost love by providing tips and tactics, tools, insights, inspiration, all the good stuff to help you actually enjoy running your business. In addition to actionable tips and tactics that you'll be able to execute immediately, you'll also hear from creative small business owners around the world who've been able to sidestep the hustle and build a business that merges their passion with their purpose and provides a profit. I'm your host, Fiona Kalaki, founder of My Daily Business Coach. Let's get going. Hello and welcome to episode 284 of the My Daily Business Coach podcast. So today you are listening to a coaching episode and if you have ever struggled with your finances, if you have ever felt like there's not enough money in the bank, what do they say? There's not enough month left at the end of the money. That's a Dave Ramsey quote, I think. But if you have ever kind of worried about your money as a small business owner, whether it's putting money away from your 401k or your pension or your superannuation, whether it is, oh my goodness, how am I actually going to be able to pay my staff? Or if it is literally, I would like to take a wage from this at some point and I'm not, then today's episode is 100% for you. Stick around for that. Two things I'd like to mention. The first is, of course, to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians on this beautiful land on which I live and record this podcast, and that is the Wawrong and Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And I pay my respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging, and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. And I also pay my respects to any other Indigenous or Torres Strait Islander people who might be listening in today. The second thing I wanted to mention is that it has been coming <laughs> for a long time, but we are rebranding. So if you are listening to this in real time, it is the end of February 2023. We are rebranding. So over the course of the next kind of month, you will see redirects happening and you will also see possibly new artwork come up on Apple and Spotify and wherever you listen to this. Now, we don't get to control when exactly that kind of switches over. So just please keep that in mind. I'm really excited about the rebrand. It has been like literally years in the making. It's not that huge. It's, you know, we're kind of hyping it up. It's just a slight amendment to the business so that it can really be aligned with where we're actually going in the years to come. So keep an eye out for that. Like I said, we don't know exactly when things will roll out, but keep an eye out. And of course, you can always email us if you miss any episodes or you for some reason can't find us, although I'm sure you'll be able to find us. You can email us hello at mydailybusinesscoach.com. All right, let's get into today's coaching episode. All right. So like I said, at the top of this episode, 
Today, we're talking all things money, in particular, how you track your money. Now, this is such an important part of business. I cannot stress it enough. I have worked with literally thousands of people. This is my eighth year in business, and I have seen all sorts of businesses, you know, big, small, those just getting started, those decades in. I've seen businesses that are making multi, multi, multi millions. I am seeing businesses that are making, you know, or that want to make maybe their first $5,000. And no matter where you are in business, you want to be tracking your money. I, I cannot stress it enough. I also probably should stress at the start of this episode that I am not a CFO. I'm not a chartered accountant. I am not any sort of accountant. I am not a financial planner. I'm not a financial advisor or a licensed financial advisor. Everything I'm telling you is general in nature and is also coming from a business coaching perspective. So the reason I wanted to talk about this is I just think it's something that a lot of people miss or a lot of people start and then they decide to, for various reasons, stop doing, particularly if they don't like what they're seeing, they stop doing it as a kind of avoidance strategy. And it is something that if you get into a habit of doing it, it can be magical for your business, both in understanding where the issues might lie, but also in the joyful and celebratory moments as well, when perhaps more money is coming in than you thought, or perhaps you're having a spike and you can then relay, you know, where is that coming from? What sort of marketing have I been doing? What has changed in our brand awareness? All sorts of things can can lead to a spike in income and revenue. But the really important thing is to understand what is coming in and what is going out. Now, you can call this a profit and loss statement. You could call it some sort of basic revenue tracker, whatever you want to call it. And sometimes I think when you say profit and loss statement to people or PL, you know, sometimes people can get their eyes just sort of glaze over or they think, oh, that's for my accountant to look at or, you know, that's for the, the financial person to look at rather than that's for everyone in the business to look at. But most importantly, that the person leading the business is completely aware of this. I have gone into agencies before where, you know, pretty big agencies where I've talked to their CEO about this and they'll say, well, as long as, you know, as long as checks don't bounce, we're fine, which, you know, is a really, really interesting place to be as the CEO of a business. Now, that is not a judgment on somebody, but it is something to reflect on. And maybe even as you're listening to this, be thinking, am I coming at my business, particularly the financials in my business from that perspective of unless something bad happens or unless someone doesn't get paid, we're okay. Rather than, which is really a reactive way of looking at business and your financials, rather than being proactive and being on the front foot and really understanding your numbers. So that if I turned around today and said to you, where are you at in relation to your revenue goals? You'd be able to say, oh, yep, we're, we're sitting here or we're 75%, which is perfect for this time of year. Or we are, you know, our profit has dipped by this percentage over the last two months, but we know that that's because of X, Y, Z. Quite often that doesn't happen and it doesn't matter, again, I keep stressing, it doesn't matter if you are a year into business or people that are 20, 30 years into business. So often the financial part of it is a huge part of why we start, but it is not something that we look at sustainably whilst running the business. And sustainably for me is really looking at it daily, if not weekly at a minimum. So understanding where is the money coming in, where is it going out, and then where are we tracking in relation to our financial goals? So I think that looking at a revenue tracker can be the very basic level and starting point for a lot of small business owners. I know that 
you should also have a profit and loss statement and you, you know, depending on where you are in business, but I would, I would suggest that most people should be on some sort of software. So I use Zero. I'm not sponsored by Zero. Hello, Zero. If you're listening, welcome to sponsorships. <laughs> I'd be totally open. But there's Zero. there's Myob, there's QuickBooks, there's Honey, Honey something. There are so many out there that you can use. And a lot of them have a really affordable startup entry fee. Now, if you don't have that, the basic, basic, basic minimum that you should be using is an Excel sheet or Google Sheets to track your money. Now, if you're thinking, oh my gosh, I hate Excel or I'm really bad at formulations, you can find so many of these templates online. If you work with us, we work on a revenue tracker with you. It's also part of marketing for your small business if you're enrolled in that course. And it's a huge part of our money mapping course. So feel free to get that as well. All of those you can find at mydailybusinesscoach.com forward slash shop. So coming back to a revenue tracker, the reason that I call it a revenue tracker is that I think sometimes people are scarred by a profit and loss statement or your P&L or you use all these different acronyms in finance and people can just sort of put their walls up because we all have stories and narratives attached to money. We all do. doesn't matter where you come from. We all have stories attached to money. And a lot of, you know, working with clients on their money is, is partly working through their money mindset and working through, you know, what are the stories you're telling yourself? So when it comes to tracking your money, if you're not doing it already, I wanted to talk through today four reasons why you should, but also how to get started at a very basic level. Now, this is not, you know, accountants or anything else like that. This is a very base level for starting. So I guess I'll go through that first and then I'll go through the four reasons why I think this is so important. So there are a few ways to track your revenue at a very, very basic level. So the first could be literally going into a platform that you're already using and looking at things like your activity statement or literally looking at your profit and loss or your balance sheet. Now, sometimes again, this, even just that act, if you have never done that, that can feel very daunting or you open up these reports on a tool like Xero or Myob or any of the QuickBooks and it just all looks like, oh my goodness, I don't even know what these figures mean. I don't know what's coming in. And depending on how it's been set up or if your accountant is in there or your bookkeeper or your financial planner or advisor, there'll be other columns and other things added in that you may not know, you know, at first glance what they actually mean. Now, so you can go through that with the person that's helped you set it up or coming back to a very basic level, like I've said, you can start your own very basic revenue tracker in Google Sheets or an Excel sheet. Or you could literally take pen to paper as well if, if, if you'd rather, although I would try and do it digitally so you don't lose this stuff. So the first thing is to figure out what is the revenue that's coming in. So this is the total gross revenue. This is not taking everything out and, oh, what about this? What about this? Because again, we're trying to make it very basic and simple to start with. Simple is great. What's that? KISS? Keep it simple, stupid. Is that what that acronym is for? That's what you want to get to with money. Just a very simple way of looking at it first. And then you can make it more complicated and get different tools and bills, bells and whistles. But the first thing, very basic, is to create an Excel sheet, Google sheet, or like I said, if you have to do it in pen and paper, do it in pen and paper. And the first thing is to figure out what are my revenue streams? What are my revenue streams that are coming in? And you might decide to put these in kind of groupings, or you might decide to put them as a calendar year. Let's use the calendar year as an example. So let's say you have one column. So you have column A that has your different revenue streams broken down. Then you have all your months across, you know, column B, 
across. So you might have, depending on when you're starting, so let's say the Australian financial year runs from July 1st until June 30th. So you might have July, August, September, October, all the months through to June next year. Then you have the revenue streams in the first column. So let's say for my business, one of my revenue streams is group coaching, but I run two groups at any one time. And then we often have an overlap with the third group for you know a month or two. So I might have group one, group coaching, group one, group coaching, group two, group coaching, group three. So I have three different lines for that one revenue stream, which is a total group coaching. Now those groups will start at different times of the year. Most people in the group, I would say 90% pay monthly. So I know that if a group is starting in March, they will get their first invoice in February, and then they'll get 11 other invoices after that. So I could go into that tracker. I could look at, let's say it's group coaching group two, and I could then input the total amount that I expect to get in from those 10 people doing that group coaching program for the whole year, but each month. So let's say, just to keep numbers easy, let's say I have a program that I sell for $100 a month and I have 10 people doing it, that's $1,000. So I put $1,000 into February, $1,000 into March, $1,000 into what's next, April, May, June, and so forth. So I can put in, that's the expected money that should come in from that particular line in the revenue stream, which is group coaching group two. Then let's say I have group coaching group three, which is the line below. Maybe that one doesn't actually start until August. So then I have in July, because we always invoice one month out, $1,000 in August, $1,000 in September, $1,000. And so I can see that at some months of the year, when those two groups are going, minimum I will be bringing in is $2,000 for that month. However, back to column A, I have other revenue streams. So I might have group coaching group one, group coaching group two, group coaching group three. Then I might have speaking fees. And so I might decide on a goal for speaking. So speaking is a something I do in my own business. And so I might decide how much money per month do I want to make from speaking gigs. And I might just decide, let's, again, let's call it, keep it really simple. Let's say I want to make $1,000 a month from speaking. So that's $12,000 for a year. I will put $1,000 under each of those monthly columns next to the line for speaking gigs. Then I might have another revenue stream, which is, let's say my book. So I get paid from royalties on my book twice a year. So at six months marks. So I can put in you know, what I might expect, or I can put in a minimum goal that I would like. Likewise, I'm currently writing book two. Now that advance will be paid in three separate payments. So it's paid one, when you sign a contract, two, when you actually submit the book manuscript and three, when the book comes out. So that payment is usually spread over about 18 months. So I will put in, you know, let's say I've signed the contract in March, I will get paid in April for that. So I can put that first chunk then. Then I know that the book is due in, let's just say the book is due in September. Then I can put that month, like in October, because it takes them about a month to pay, I can put in the second chunk of that payment. And so you can see how firstly just listing out where you're expecting money to come in is the base level of just your revenue streams. And you can break each of those revenue streams down as much as you want. So let's say you are running a shop. So let's say you're like, well, that sounds really fine if you're running a service-based business. But if you're running a shop, you might be like, well, how do I break these down? So you might have them in categories or verticals. So you might have, you know, accessories, homeware, 
clothing, apparel. You may have that in separate categories depending on how you've set up your shop and the your point of sale system and, and the inventory management tools that you're using. You might have it as my online store as one revenue stream, my physical store as another revenue stream, and maybe you have your own brand label as well, which is going into stock as, as well. So you have that brand there as wholesale. And you might do other things. So maybe you run events in your shop. So you might have events as a separate part of the revenue streams. And you might decide that every quarter you're going to run one event and you want 50 people to come and they're all going to pay, I'm trying to make this easy on myself, they're all going to pay $20. I think that's a 1000 Is that a 1000 Oh, someone will tell me off. My, my dad would be turning over in his grave that I can't do these basic maths. But it is hot. It is hot here in Melbourne. I'm recording this in 39 degree weather. So my brain is melting a little bit. But let's say you have those events each quarter and you expect to make $1,000. You would then put in, you know, April, $1,000 under the event line. So can you see how if you start doing this and if you're literally like mapping this out whilst you're listening to this, that's awesome. You can also go to the show notes for this episode, which you'll be able to find at mydailybusinesscoach.com forward slash podcast forward slash 284. This is episode 284. So you are mapping this out. The first thing to get clear on is where is your revenue coming from and when in the year is it coming from? So you're putting all of this down. Underneath this, you will then have some totals. So you'll be able to total up how much money do I expect to come in you know, January or July? How much expect do I expect to bring in in August? Tallying up all of those different revenue stream amounts that you've added in. Underneath that or wherever you decide to put it, you will then need to put your expenses. You will need to put in your guesstimated or if you know your fixed expenses. So your fixed expenses are things that that don't change. So commercial rent might be wages, other things that are fixed, you know, gas, electricity, stuff that is just fixed. It has to be has to be done, has to be paid for. And then you'll have non-fixed expenses or your other expenses there. They might be things that you decide to cull, especially when you look at how much is coming in and how much is going out. Now, in that, you also want to be including in your expenses, your wages, your superannuation, anything else that you're having to pay, your tax withholding. And again, because we have people all over the world listening to this, which is so wonderful, every country or lots of countries have different tax rates. So for the sake of ease, I often say to people, put aside at least 15% minimum. Now, the reason that you put that aside, and if you're listening in Australia, you're like, well, that's only half of what a company has to pay, roughly. The reason that you put less than, you know, the total amount is that you will always, or again, depending on which country you're in, you will have different things that you can claim for. So your actual taxable income is is rarely your full revenue. It is your revenue minus all these expenses, minus all these other costs of the business. And so you can you can have that as a taxable income. So you'll put that aside or you put that into your expenses. And what you want to have a look at is does the money that's coming in, does it give me some buffer between the money that's coming in, all the revenue streams, and you've mapped them out across the the calendar year, and then all the expenses, which are also mapped underneath those months. So you can start seeing, oh my goodness, you know, wow, July is really going to be a tough month because we don't get paid for X, Y, Z. Or maybe you've had to pay out a huge amount for stock and that stock doesn't come in. It doesn't start selling and give you the return on investment until later in the year. It's a way of being able to see everything at a glance that is so, 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 so helpful. Again, there are so many different ways to put this through. What I've described to you is a very basic revenue tracker. 
The other thing that you want to have a think about, and you could add this to the top of your revenue tracker, or it could be a, its whole other tracker, is a week by week projection in terms of your financial goals. So I have this in a tool that we call a weekly business review that I share with my clients quite often and part of Marketing for Your Small Business, the course, which you can buy at marketingforyoursmallbusiness.com. And that actually breaks your goal, your total goal, revenue goal for the year up into 52 equal amounts. Now, a lot of businesses will change that because they don't get paid, you know, 52 times a year perfectly, but it's showing you at any one week in the year where you should be. So let's say at the top of this revenue tracker, you have a couple of lines clear on your Excel sheet. You will have at the very top, you will have this week's budget or this week's, you know, you can call it budget, you can call it target allocation, you can call it this week's sales projection, whatever it is. And so you'll have in week one, whatever the full financial goal is divided by 52, that will be your first week's, you know, total that you're trying to hit, the budget that you're trying to hit. So let's say, let's say for the sake of numbers, you wanted to make $52 million in the year. That will equally amount to a million dollars a week. So let's say it's a million dollars in week one. By week two, your budget is no longer a million dollars. It's $2 million because you should have made 2 million by now to be able to hit your 52 million. By week three, 3 million. By week four, 4 million and so forth. And so you have that running for the whole year, week by week. Or again, if you wanted to, you could break it into, you know, 52 divided by 12, figure that out and just have a monthly goal and then look at all the revenue that's coming in and see again how far or close, what is the variance between what the goal is for that month and what you're actually bringing in. Or you can break it down by week. Now, a lot of people get scared about breaking this down by week because they're like, oh my God, it's so like detailed. But I think it also allows you to see changes that are happening. So let's say you decided that you were going to start running Google Ads and you put them on in week three of September and you started seeing a massive increase. If you're just looking at the total month, you might think it's, oh, but it's getting close to Christmas and gifting season, or maybe your your stuff is related to Father's Day or something else that happens in September, spring, who knows. And so you may not catch that it's, oh, that was actually the week that we started those ads. And that's what we saw a spike come up against, which is another massive reason why you want to start revenue tracking. And so whether it is weekly or whether it is monthly, you want to have somewhere in your revenue tracker, your goal. So what was your financial goal? So let's go back to that instance of 52 million. If you have each week, you're getting a million. By week 18 of the year, depending on where you start your calendar, let's say by week 18, you look at it and you're like, okay, we were supposed to have made $18 million by this stage in order to hit our 52 million. However, we have brought in 11 million, so we're 7 million short. However, we know that that money is going to come in in two months because, I don't know, something huge is happening. And so we know that that money is, is going to come in. What you don't want to happen is that you're not looking at this stuff on a regular basis. And what happens is you get to tax time or you get to, in Australia, we have BAS, you get to your quarterly BAS and you're like, oh, I really didn't make that much money. Oh, I'm a bit deflated. And you start telling yourself all sorts of things, because like I said, at the start of this episode, so often we equate money with all of these like self-worth and, and we have all these money mindset narratives that come up. And so instead of getting to a point where you can't really do anything about it, like once you've come to the end of the quarter, once you've come to tax time, it's all in the past. You can't make more money if you've already passed that month. Whereas if you're looking at it every week and you're looking at it all the way through the year, 
there is so much more of an opportunity for you to see the dips and realize, okay, we've got to go harder on that, or we've got to push that, or this isn't working. So we need to do something else and try and test and experiment, which is a huge part of marketing. So that is such an important part to have your goals, your financial goals listed out and to have it listed out in some way that is trackable throughout the year, not just, I want to get to the end of the tax year and I've made this much. It's like, okay, well, if you wanted to make that much by the end of the year, where do you need to be three months before that point? And where do you need to be three months before that point? And where do you need to be nine months before the end of the year? So that you can see where am I at any at a glance, like where am I? I can open it up on a Tuesday morning, random Tuesday morning, and I know where I'm at. So it is such an important thing. And I hope that that is getting across. I know it's difficult to talk about, you know, Excel spreadsheets in this medium of a podcast, but believe me, if you can maybe listen to this again or go through the podcast show notes, it'll just make such a massive difference to your business if you are tracking these things, which really brings me to the four reasons why you should track. I've kind of talked you through how to in a very basic way. But the four reasons, if they're not already super clear to you, number one, you really need to understand your numbers in order to grow and in order to grow sustainably. So you don't have these mega peaks and troughs. I mean, mega peaks aren't so bad. It's the mega troughs (laughs) that are, that are kind of hard. And I've seen people come through that where they haven't been looking at this stuff and they have mega troughs, troughs, the right word. They have mega dips in in things. It's so much so that they then end up in a massive amount of debt. Now, some debt is totally fine. And, you know, depending on how risk adverse you are or not, you will have a certain amount of debt. However, what's not so fun is where that debt has become so big that other things that you really wanted in your life have to be sold or, or for example, remortgaged because you have gone into so much debt because you are not watching the money. Now, again, it can be a really confronting thing to look at your money and to start looking at it regularly. I talk to clients all the time who have said, oh yeah, I used to do that, but then I just stopped because I didn't like what I saw. That's not a reason to stop. That is even more of a reason to be looking at it. Ignoring a problem doesn't make the problem go away. Looking at it, facing it head on makes it less scary and also allows you to go, okay, this is this is the starting point. This is a benchmark. Where do I go to from here? Who could I ask for help? How can I make a way forward? Rather than ignoring it and the problem gets worse. So the first thing is, like I said, having clarity around your money situation right now. That is number one, the most important reason why you need to track your revenue. Number two, which is a bit more fun, <laughs> You can make decisions with confidence. When you know your numbers, it is not as scary to think about hiring somebody else. It is because even if it's like, okay, I can't hire them right now because this and this and this needs to be paid off first, but knowing the money that's going to come in, in let's say September, I know, and my expenses are going to be low from that point on for let's say three or six months, because maybe you're not carrying in stock until you know six months later. I know that I can bring somebody on and it might not be bringing somebody on full time, but it could be, I'm actually going to hire a virtual assistant for the first time, or I'm going to hire somebody on a part-time basis, or I'm going to have to, you know, not have to, I get to hire somebody to come into the warehouse and pack orders so that I don't have to do it on say Sunday afternoons. It allows you to make decisions with confidence because you understand what your situation is rather than thinking, which I hear all the time, 
oh, I don't think I can afford to do X, Y, Z. So let's say it's you really actually need help with graphic design, but you're thinking, well, yeah, I don't, I don't think we've got the money for that based on just a feeling or not looking at your numbers. Or you look at your numbers and you realise if we actually stopped that and that and that, maybe some subscriptions that you're not, you know, that you don't utilise, maybe some memberships that you're really not getting much out of. If we pull back on that, that will actually give us an excess of blah, 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 you know, certain amount of money per week that could then go into a graphic designer working for you, you know, two hours a week. It doesn't, again, when people think about hiring so often, they think about having to pull somebody in full time rather than somebody working pro rata, somebody on part time, someone casual or a freelancer that they're paying, you know, a certain amount of hours a week. So that clarity is so, so important. The confidence comes from clarity. So the second point I'm making is really that you can make decisions with confidence when you know where your money is coming in from. Likewise, even things like paying yourself more. So if you are you know, aware that maybe you've started subscription boxes and you've got a certain amount of people signed up for, you know, a year. Maybe you are running something like a group coaching program, or maybe you have a membership model that you know that, okay, that certain amount of money is coming in. Maybe you're going to pay yourself a little bit more now, or maybe that money is going to top up your superannuation, or maybe that money is going to be taken out and put into investments. So you can diversify your income and you're not completely depending on your business solely as your only revenue source in your personal life as well. So that's number two, being able to make decisions with confidence because you have gone through number one, which is really understanding and have clarity around your money situation. Number three is that knowing your numbers now allows you to look into the future. Now I've just talked about making decisions with confidence, but being able to future forecast as you know, to a degree, let's say we're not all, you know, we can't all see into the future. No one well, I'm sure lots of people saw a pandemic coming, but nobody necessarily saw how full on it would be, particularly for small business owners and particularly in different parts of the world. I know here in Melbourne, we had the longest lockdowns in the world. And I, you know, my heart goes out to anyone in hospitality or music or events or weddings, because it just got locked down for so long that any of those businesses that managed to stick on, I mean, I'm saluting you because it was such a hard slog. Now we can't know everything that is going to come into the future. However, we can plan and be able to forecast when we know our numbers and when we've been looking at our numbers for a certain amount of time. So at least a year, if not, you know, once you've been doing it for a year and another year and another year, it makes the ability to grow your business so much easier and to forecast, you know, oh, okay, when could we introduce that new category line? Or when could we do this? Because you're you're able to forecast, or maybe you can buy more stock and get a better deal for your stock because you are aware of your financials and you're aware of where you're actually going into the future. You can better forecast sales as well, because you can start seeing trends and patterns that emerge. So particularly with that year long, and that's why I said the weekly rather than the monthly, but if you're looking at it, you can start seeing that, oh, okay, we see a massive uptick in sales at this particular year. Now I'm not counting like Christmas, Hanukkah, the end, Diwali, the end of the year kind of business, which is a huge uptick for most retail businesses, but other spikes that might be going on that you're like, oh, I wonder why that keeps happening in May, or I wonder why that keeps happening at the last week of July. And you can start then assessing the behavior of your customers or clients and really understanding how you might move forward with even better offers that time next year, because you know that there's a tendency to spend. Likewise, if 
you know that when you go on sale or that when you do something different in a business or you have gift with purchase or you have added values, you have a massive uptick. You only know that if you're actually tracking it. And even in what I've just said, maybe it's sale that is great for your audience. Maybe other audiences, you see that when you offer a gift with purchase, which is like a small gift when people buy a certain thing, or maybe it's a limited edition product that comes with something when they buy it in a particular short amount of period, you can start seeing what do our customers prefer? And you might say, oh, actually, we've been going on these sales, but actually when we did the gift with purchase, that was way higher. And that's what people are after rather than the percentage off. It depends on who your customers are. But allowing yourself to look at the numbers allows you to future forecast, not just your your sales figures, but to look at, oh, okay, what marketing really worked for us in terms of financial growth and what are we going to do next year based on those numbers? So that is number three, really understanding how to future plan and future proof in a way as much as you can your sales because of that. So we've had number one, clarity over your money situation. Number two, confidence in making decisions. Number three, being able to plan and future plan your business based on sales and also marketing. And number four, you feel like an adult. I know that sounds really silly as if people are out there feeling like kids, but you feel like, okay, I've got this. I'm on top of my business and I'm I'm understanding my money. And as silly as it sounds, it is if you've ever been in a situation where you were hiding from these figures or where you weren't looking at them or you weren't making any kind of revenue tracker, to make one time and time and time and time again, I hear from clients like, I feel like an adult. I feel like I'm actually running a proper business now. And these are people who are running like big brands. They've got lots of staff. But if they're not on top of this, it can feel a bit overwhelming or it can feel as if you know, when they go in to see their accountant or their financial planner, they're like the kid being taught like, oh, okay. And they're giving that power to somebody else to make these decisions rather than them having it. And if you're feeling like an adult as well, it means paying your bills on time, paying invoices from your suppliers when they come in, not being that business that people are coming to going, oh, you still haven't paid my invoice. You still haven't paid my invoice. Can you please pay my invoice? Because that is not creating good relationships and nurturing, you know, and strengthening connections that you want to have in business. You want to make sure that you're really aware of what expenses are going to come in when, how much money you're getting in, when you can pay them. So even if you have to say to somebody, look, I know that, you know, we're going to be able to pay this invoice, but we're going to be able to pay it, you know, right at the date of the deadline. We're not going to be able to pay it beforehand. That information is gold and it's transparency and it's trust with your suppliers and other people that you may have to pay invoices for. Being an adult is also about paying yourself and making sure that you're paying yourself a livable wage at absolute minimum, if not a great, decent wage with, with bonuses and other things on top, depends how you're set up. But It's about saying, okay, I know that I'm bringing this amount of money into my household and that, you know, the business is covering it. I know that the business is also covering my superannuation or my pension. I know that the business is also covering any policies or indemnity or insurances that I have to have as a business owner. So you're not shying away from things or worrying about, oh my gosh, what if that happens? Or getting to a point where say, I don't know, you're at a dinner party and people are talking about superannuation and you feel like you have to shy away because you haven't, you know, been contributing to yours. So That is the fourth point, which is a really important part, feeling like an adult, feeling like you have things under control. So just to recap those four reasons, and there are so many more, but the four reasons, number one, having a clarity and overview of your money situation right now, whether it's good or bad, just 
you know, not putting good or bad next to it, not putting emotion, just having a clear overview. Number two is being able to make decisions with confidence. Number three is being able to future plan and forecast for what's coming up. And number four is to feel like an adult, (laughs) to feel like an adult in business and that you're paying your bills on time, you're paying yourself on time, you're not scrimping and saving every single, you know, month, you're not constantly borrowing from other, you know, family and everyone else to make things meet. You are an adult and you've got this. So, I really hope this has been helpful for you. If you are interested in all things money, we have a course called Money Mapping. It is really affordable and it has helped hundreds of people understand where their revenue streams are coming in, how to map that out, how to set goals and how to find things like recurrent revenue, which is really important for stabilizing any kind of business. You can find that at mydailybusinesscoach.com forward slash shop. We also have Marketing for Your Small Business. It kicks off in five days if you're listening to this in real time. And you can buy the Marketing for Your Small Business course anytime at marketingforyoursmallbusiness.com. But twice a year, we run a nine-week live coaching program. And in that we go through all the different things that you need to understand to be able to market strategically and sustainably and in a way that aligns with your values and beliefs. Now, at the end of that, you have the option to present your marketing strategy and plan to myself and everyone else on the call for feedback. So it's a really great way of staying accountable. If you already own the course, make sure that you have checked your inbox because you would have been offered a really very, very, very affordable upgrade to take part in this. A lot of people come back and do it, you know, year after year so that they create their marketing plan. And this is a perfect time of year to do that if you have not already created your marketing strategy and plan for 2023. So again, you'll find all the information over at marketingforyoursmallbusiness.com. Like I said, at the start of this episode, you can find all of the information over at the show notes, which are at mydailybusinesscoach.com forward slash podcast forward slash 284. If you have any questions about it, feel free to email us hello at mydailybusinesscoach.com. And lastly, if you found this useful, I would love it so, so much if you could take two seconds and leave us a review on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen. It just helps other small business owners find this and perhaps they really, really need to work on a revenue tracker of their own. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the My Daily Business Coach podcast. If you want to get in touch, you can do that at mydailybusinesscoach.com or hit me up on Instagram at mydailybusinesscoach.com.